Hey everybody, Ryan Leaf here. Uh, we are about to drop three bonus episodes for my podcast, Bust, The Ryan Leaf Story, the most honest, transparent, and vulnerable podcast you will hear. Me, in front of a microphone, taking you through the start to the finish, right here on Podcast One. Well, in this episode, we'll talk to David Fortin. He heads up the Los Angeles Auto Show, and we'll talk about electric vehicles and what's out there and all the cornucopia of choices as well. Yeah, we'll get into Porsche Lexus, uh, uh, sorry, Porsche Lucid, and, uh, and quite a bit more. But first, there's Geico. Do you own? Do you rent your home? Sure you do. And it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling your policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too, because you have so much to do already around your home. Why not make it easy? Go to Geico.com, get a quote and see just how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Get it on, got to get on a Jeff Bigner mandate. Get it on and welcome to CarCast. I'm Adam Carroll. That's Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, over there. Hello, how are you? Go frazzled. <laughs> Phil got out, had to search around the neighborhood, so it's going to be a little bit of a shorter show. David Fortin is uh, going to join us. He's VP of Marketing for the Los Angeles Auto Show. We'll talk to him in a second. Uh, just a quick bit of Twitter breaking news. I woke up i had a crazy morning but i saw somebody tweeted me that um goodwood's coming to the beach it said and i was like uh oh where are they going are they going down to dunkirk or something and it said uh no miami hmm interesting yeah chris could probably find uh that article yeah. somewhere i mean coming off a big f1 miami event you know um I, yes so this was reported uh yesterday Pending a city contract, the Goodwood Festival of Speed is coming to Miami Beach, promising to bring luminaries of the world of racing, car collectors, and exhibitors with a focus on the future of transportation and the end of fossil fuels usage. I'm laughing because it's a you know pending city council approval or whatever. <laughs> yeah. If you'd said uh, that's coming to Santa Monica, I would have went, yeah, yeah good luck. Good luck. <laughs> we'll see you in 15 to yeah. 20 years. Venice. Once Venice. the Coastal Commission weighs in. <clears throat> On this, but yeah. uh, talking about Florida, get her done. Yeah, I'm down. I'm down with that. Well, it'll be the third weekend of March 2024. It is uh, yeah. what okay. we've what we've talked about, which is you know we go somewhere, and um, you know it's sort of like when you go to a, I don't know Sprinkles Cupcake Place and or some donut shop that you love or some taco place, and you go, man. There should be more of these. This is great. So, like, when you go to Goodwood, you look around, you go, wow, man, this should be going on everywhere. And you make, you know, and then Mike August goes, they need to bring Goodwood to the United States, you know, because he's, you know, thinking of it from a business standpoint. And then, you know, 10 minutes later, they're coming to the United States. States. Yeah. Yeah. The reason why you can't open another donut shop by the beach is (laughs) because of the, the permits. Right. But uh, it is uh, so good. So, you know, for for guys like us, it's just more, more, the, more the same. I mean, more to choose from, more events. But also it kind of 
emphasizes what we've been kind of saying on the show for so many years now that this this sport, especially the vintage racing component, is growing. It's not going the opposite direction. It just seems like year after year the attendance at these events is getting bigger and better, and 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 the guys are. F- figuring out how to make these events cooler and more successful. And, you know, like we said a couple of weeks ago, SEMA Fest, you know, SEMA's turning from the SEMA show into a week-long thing in Vegas. Right. You know, it's going to take a couple of years to work out all the bugs, but that's, again, growing this this hobby. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when I was pitching to, I don't know, what network speed or whatever vision or whoever – uh, you know, vintage racing shows like five years ago, I just kept saying these things are getting bigger and bigger and bigger and worldwide and more attendees and more participants and blah, blah, blah. Like I saw which way the wind was blowing. Of course, uh, they didn't. So that was that. But with this almost explosion of um, vintage events and, um, you know, the list goes on and on now. And it's become a bit of a worldwide phenomenon. There is still no vintage racing TV series out there, which drives me insane. Yeah. <clears throat> it drives yeah. me insane. There isn't. And if you think of all the years that we've been talking about it, the vintage cars are becoming newer because it keeps going keeps yes. going back to like whatever, twenty five years. You turn on iTunes and it's like Rust Town Builders. We have a crazy bearded yeah. man who lives in Alaska. <laughs> he pulled a truck from a swamp. Now he's gonna rebuild it. It's like yeah. oh, Okay. Okay. All right. Uh David's up um on uh oh he's on Zoom. David Fortin, uh, VP Marketing, Los Angeles Auto Show. Thanks for joining us. Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing well. Los Angeles Auto Show. And you can get tickets now and learn more at LAAutoshow.com, one of the uh, premier events around town. I, I'm guessing uh, in this country it goes Detroit, then L.A., or L.A., then Detroit. I don't, uh, I don't, know, what the, I don't know what the pecking order is. Yeah. Uh, Detroit and L.A. have moved dates, right? They used to take place on the same weekend, right? Yeah, well, I, I, they're a big four, you know, Chicago, New York, Detroit, and Los Angeles. And I think everybody serves a, a different niche to the industry. Um, we've traditionally been around Thanksgiving week. Um, it has moved, you know, years past. Uh, I think Detroit kicked off the year uh, previous years, Um but uh, we're excited. Yeah, it's go time. Thanksgiving is uh, a great time when the family gets together. L.A. Auto Show rolls into town. We're ready to go. Yeah, I'm glad because in years past, I would show up and I'd go, hey, where's that new Audi RS6? I want to check that out. And they go, oh, it's in Detroit. It's in- <laughs> B- because they're having the Detroit one at the same time. And I'm like, right. L.A.'s not a big enough market for you, Audi, to bring a couple flagships over here. And it's like, well, it's Detroit's going on. Like, right. How many Audi RS6s are you selling in Detroit? <laughs> I'm, I'm curious versus Los Angeles. Yeah. And then why have them on the same weekend if Detroit's going to cherry pick all the cool shit? And so thankfully, we've turned the page on that very ugly chapter. David, what are the yeah. dates for the event? Yeah, so tomorrow we kick it off with a special press and uh, industry day, and then we open up to to everyone on Friday the 18th and run for 10 days straight through Sunday, November 27th. 
So it's a good long show. Now, how have you guys been able to grow the show? There's definitely a lot more going on than just the cars on display, right? Yeah, I think that's one of the things that we have in our favor being based in California versus some of the other shows. You know, our weather, you know, is pretty good year round. We're on the Pacific Rim, so we have proximity to China and Vietnam and some of the manufacturers out there. California is leading the nation when it comes to green and the number of EVs being sold here. And then the thing that really seals the deal is the car culture in Southern California. There's nothing like it. And so we take the new the new models um, and all of our automo- automaker partners in the main halls. But then around that, throughout a million square feet of the convention center, we've got all kinds of activations with exotics and supercars and classics and four by fours. Um, that really kind of separates us and how we approach what an auto show really means. So this is kind of an important because we were just talking about uh, the Goodwood and and Monterey and the vintage cars, uh, the LA Auto Show and Detroit. All the auto shows were always typically all about the new cars that are coming out or or, or available now. But it's it's just as entertaining to pepper in things like. Uh, you know, an overlanding expo and some vintage cars and low riders and drifting and bring a little bit of that old and new and entertainment aspect to the whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, our experience is probably a five hour, you know, family or individual journey. So there's a lot to see and do. And you got to break it up with, with some stuff that like excites the mind in different ways as you're going from hall to hall and potentially comparison shopping SUVs or sedans or whatever you're looking for that day. Um, we have a lot of the things you you mentioned. We've got a Formula Drift demo on the second weekend. we got a really cool Cars and Coffee on the first weekend, uh, partnership with Bridgestone. So to your point, that's what we challenge ourselves with every year um, is to work with as many automakers who want to get in front of the largest car market in the U- U.S. And then we create some excitement and sizzle around that. Are there any big unveilings uh, slated for this uh, L.A. Auto Show? Yeah, we're pretty excited. You know, last year coming out of the pandemic, it was certainly a slower time for those uh, in general across the globe. But Subaru is making a big global reveal to kick off the day. Fiat, Genesis, Kia, VinFast are making North American debuts. We've got a series of press conferences um, with some charging partners like Blink, who are making a press conference announcement. Um, so there's there's a full day of news, which is really good. And I think the next few years, with the mandates in California, especially 2035, but even before that, there are some milestone mandates. Um, we're going to see more EV, EVs debut in the next few years, I think, than uh, anybody really knows. I think I'm particularly uh, interested in checking out the uh, the Porsche 911 Dakar. They're doing uh they're yeah. doing you know an off-road version of the of the new 911 and it's it's interesting because uh all the photos that they've kind of teased of this vehicle so far and it's just kind of flat black 911 on big tires and without the livery it kind of looks goofy like once you throw a, a martini yeah just or rothmans, rothmans or you know you, yeah. you, you you throw something on it that's going to make all the difference in the world but i understand that's going to be a a pretty big announcement from from porsche yeah porsche's bringing in a, a bunch of journalists from around the world for a little sneak peek today i'm pretty giddy to get over there and take my peek and, and see what it's all about 
you know, they always take Petrie Hall and transform it into something, you know, that's incredible every year. Is uh, is it going to be sort of on par with Porsche bringing back the 935 about four years ago? We were talking about it as a very limited batch with a lot, lot of nods to the to the past, kind of retro. Yeah, nods. I, I don't know much about like the production numbers or how you're going to be able to get one, but uh, <clears throat> I would imagine it's going to be something in the same vein as that. It is very interesting. Matt and I talk about all the time that in the vintage car world, the category that's just going through the roof are those rally cars from the Mm -hmm. 80s, early 90s, Mm -hmm. um, Lancia, Subaru, Audi, especially. Escort. Escort. Yeah, I mean, you see those things trading on Bring a Trailer and at other auctions for hundreds of thousands of dollars. These sort of mid-80s, oftentimes Japanese cars that – you know, and I'm not not exactly sure what the utility is. Like, I know at Goodwood they have the off – road you know kind of rally course up at the top of the hill climb you yeah. can see guys going around there but um it would make sense that porsche definitely give a nod to their dakar paris to dakar and off-road heritage. yeah the, the 911 safari which i guess is the more more well-known name for it or the term for it but they're calling it dakar but it should be yeah, it should be kind of interesting to see. And, I, 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 and guys I, are building a lot of tribute cars mm-hmm. to those uh, 911s as well, and they're they're fetching good money. We're going to have to see more like vintage racing events for those rally cars pop up at some point, right? Yeah, if they're going to be very expensive and sought after and collected, uh, at some point someone's going to have to do something yeah. with them yeah. versus just sort of look at them in the in the garage and they're certainly stout you know i mean one could take a look at some of the vintage road going stuff and you know some of that stuff depending on the vintage but you're talking about you know ferrari 512 with a flat 12 in the back and you know th- these are cars that take a lot of tending to and you make contact with anything they're just going to go like yeah. a faberge egg but the the vintage stuff has clearance travel you know uh plates you know skid guards and you know they're kind of meant to be thrown around and beaten up I, I a, think, a little bit david i think you should take the convention center next year cover the entire roof in dirt and uh <laughs> and, just, and start doing a vintage a vintage rally race up on the roof I love it. Yeah. Because well, I don't know where else we're going to do out, it. Yeah. We got, we got to figure out how to reinvent, you know, the space that we have. So I like that idea. Well, let me, let me talk. I mean, maybe off site, like at the Coliseum, didn't they have like X game stuff there? Didn't they fill that with dirt? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they not only would uh, do stuff at the Coliseum and they do stuff in Orange County for X games too, but way back in the day in the seventies and, and into the eighties, probably, the Coliseum would hold the Super Bowl of motocross, mm-hmm. and they would do a whole, you know, 250, uh, two-stroke, you know, the the scene yeah. back back in the day when, you know, mid-70s, late-70s, Roger DeCosta, you know, motocross was like a big thing, and they would do that entire event at the uh, – yeah. In in the Coliseum, so this thing goes back fifty years. <laughs> yeah, NASCAR's over there with their clash at the Coliseum early next year. They're coming into the LA Auto Show to talk about that. And I think you're right. I mean, we look at it as what can 
LA Auto Show at the convention center growing into something like an LA Auto Show week. And, and maybe there are events at different venues around the city that happen as part of the LA Auto Show experience, but not necessarily right at LA. Yeah, right. Well, center. there's yeah. there's definitely precedent for it as we talk about what SEMA's doing. You know, now uh, Goodwood franchising to Miami, uh, you know, F1 popping up everywhere. You know, there's definitely precedent for taking an event and then expanding it out beyond the event, such as, you know, the car week at at uh, Monterey. I mean, there's got to be 28 separate events, not not to mention all the dinners and all the award shows and all the everything's. But there's just a thousand events that pop up around what started off as an event. And that seems to be the new world order. And I would assume... LA Auto Show would be following in that direction. Yeah. yeah, we definitely think about it a lot. And what does that look like? You mentioned, you know, where's Audi or where's maybe BMW or Mercedes? And, you know, if their strate- strategies have changed over the last few years about how they want to reach consumers, we want to play in that space. And if it's a satellite event or if it's an event at a different time during the year, uh, you're absolutely right. We've got to um, we've got to evolve as long uh, along with the automakers. What's the yeah. uh, what's the show floor going to look like for you guys this year? I would imagine that Southern California, being probably a very popular area, if not the most popular area for EVs, I would expect to see the EVs that we know, but all the startup EVs. You mentioned Vinfast. I expect Mullen, mm-hmm. Fisker. You know, I don't know, Rivian, Lucid, like all the startup EVs are probably going to have a pretty, pretty big presence. Yeah, it seems to sort of bounce from year to year. Last year, Fisker, you know, was one of the big talk of the town at the show. Mullen was there. They're both taking a year off this year. You know, we're, we're excited to talk to them about some plans they have for 2023. Um, but we have Indy EV, which is a, an L.A. based company coming in and getting in front of everybody. Charge Cars is coming in. Hyperion uh, is in a main mm-hmm. hall, which is a pretty, pretty forward leading vehicle. Um, so, yeah, it's cool. Every year we seem to get new automakers, often California based, looking to make their mark. And they'll usually take a spot in like an atrium or a lobby and, you know, move their way up to hopefully one day having a big exhibit in the main hall. Well, thank you for joining us today, David. Uh, L.A. Auto Show, and you can get tickets and learn more at LAAutoshow.com. It's going on basically now through the uh, 27th at the L.A. Convention Center. And uh, bring the kids. Cause, uh, yeah, it's a cool show. I'll be there. But tell the kids not to get too close to the cars and stand back <laughs> uh, a little bit. Don't wear blue jeans and sit in all the cars with white interior. Yes. You screw up those interiors. Yes. After Thank hundreds you. of people going in and out and swiveling on and off, <laughs> don't wear blue jeans and get in the cream color interior. First of all, don't bring a cream color interior car to the to the auto show, but also don't wear blue jeans if you're going to do that. Agreed. <laughs> David Fortin, thanks for joining yeah, thanks, us. Guys. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. We'll see you soon. All right. Let me tell you about BetterHelp. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp Therapy Online. There's no user manual for life on... Things aren't working well. It's normal to feel stuck. Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause and learn productive coping skills. BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists, convenient, secure, and accessible anywhere, 100% online. 
Therapy is important, especially over the last couple of years. You got to get your mind right. When you get your mind right, the rest will follow. Just fill out a brief questionnaire. Get matched with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, well, it's easy to switch to a new therapist anytime. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless search for the right therapist. It's better help, right, Matt? Yeah, you know, get unstuck with BetterHelp. Learn more and save 10% off your first month of BetterHelp.com slash CarCast. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash CarCast. All right. So let's see. There's some... Um well, there's quite a bit in the new car world as we anticipate, um, uh, you know, at the LA Auto Show. I'm not exactly sure how many of these things we're going to be able to see, but uh, electric car world, there's been some news. First of all, the the Rimac Nevera. This is the Rimac supercar, the all electric car, uh, 1900 plus horsepower. They just set a record for the fastest electric car, which is interesting because this is a top speed run. And we always talked about how do they do it? Is it multiple gears? 258 miles an hour. Wow. (laughs) They just ran this car. And they put together a nice little like two-minute video that you can see of the thing. Where'd they run it? Uh, The the test track was, hmm, was it in Germany? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Germany. Germany. It was a big oval, and the straightaways on each side are two and a half miles long. Wow! So it's a it's a it's a big track, but very very cool to see what they're doing uh, with that car because it sounds sick. Like when you we're winding out that much, it's going to be pretty pretty crazy to see that. Um, the other thing that uh, it's one thousand nine hundred and fourteen horsepower. By the way, um, is it? Yeah, it must be gearing. They must be doing stuff with gearing. Unbelievable. Yeah, well, we're uh, we're here. Um, is the uh, we're talking about Fisker? Yeah. I, was, I was talking to my um, physical therapist when I was working on my hand, and she was telling me her dad bought a Fisker. Is it an, is it called an Ocean or Pacific? The, the new one, I think, is the Fisker Ocean. Ocean, yeah, yeah, right? The SUV. We and saw one in Monterey. We were yeah, she by. said uh, he went and ordered the whole thing up, and it's supposed to be coming soon. But I don't think I've seen any on the road yet. No, they just announced, I think, this past week that they're starting to build them. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I mean, they've got some of the prototypes, but building the customer car. So uh, hopefully, in the next few months, they'll start to get deliveries. I'm super curious. On getting into that car, I know it's supposed to be like a thirty-five or forty thousand dollars SUV. In the launch editions or whatever that he's doing, are all fancy and they're sixty something thousand bucks. But I, I am curious to see how that's going to be. It definitely presented well at the LA Auto Show last year. Mm-hmm. It's got a good look to it. Um, you know, we saw some prototypes. I noticed a little bit of fit and finish issues, but also there they didn't go off and build the factory on their own. To build these cars, they teamed up with Magna that um, uh, builds cars for other people. I think um, I think they do the G wagon for Mercedes. Mm-hmm. So this is a company that has quite a bit of quite a bit of experience on building vehicles already. They don't have yeah. to start from the ground up. His thought process was at least initially, let's outsource it. Let's let's run the company from a design and marketing and and you know, financial aspect mm-hmm. and and try to outsource this whole thing for now. And I think that's probably a pretty good idea. So uh, I'm I'm curious to see that. 
it's it's going to be it's kind of an interesting renaissance because all of these automotive you know legacy automotive manufacturers Toyota and Nissan and even um, GM had a Van Nuys plant and, and the list goes on and on they've all been chased out of California but now there's all of these uh, new electric car startups that are forming in California yeah and. You know, I mean, I mean, the competition is just sort of a tide that raises all the boats. You know, if you think about it, um, in just the next two years, your your opportunities to get an electric car, an electric truck, there's going to be 40 offerings. And they're yeah. all, I, I mean... Look, there's there's a bottom line. You're going to have to outdo the next guy in range. You're going to have to do outdo the next guy in price point. You're going to have to outdo the next guy in you know in performance. And fair, and performance and interior and yeah. things like that. And so you know, there's going to be a thirty five thousand dollar offering, and there's going to be a fifty five thousand dollar offering, and there's going to be a hundred and ten thousand dollar offering. But and there's going to be a hundred and eighty thousand dollar offering. But they're all going to be competing against one another for your dollar and there's going to be some good stuff out there well for sure uh porsche has been uh uh, leaking some information about their their porsche macan Mm -hmm. ev it's going to be all-wheel drive just over 600 horsepower um i don't know what the range is going to be on it but uh it's going to have that porsche dna it's going to be a hell of a performer Right now, the gas engine version is like I don't know four hundred and thirty or four hundred and fifty horsepower at the top of the top of the range. Yeah, and well, lucid. Yeah. So if you take a look at uh, the progression of the electric car uh, performance, whether it's at the high end or the economy end of the electric car, is no longer an issue because it's past the internal combustion version of itself. Yeah, I mean, and, you're adding the weight, but the amount of Power and torque and grip you can get. I mean, uh, is if you go by zero to sixty, they've now surpassed. It'll smoke everything out there. In and, its well, all years. even look the the thirty two thousand dollar electric electric car will probably smoke its competitors that have an internal fuel combustion engine yeah. in them zero to sixty. So the performance part is there. The range. I don't know what the average range on the internal combustion vehicle sold. I would imagine it's the higher threes, mid or higher threes, low fours. Yeah. yeah but the, the, probably, you know, 378 or something like that. So the performance is there. Uh, the price is about there. And then the range with the, the base being more than the 250 range, but going up to maybe 350 or 400, we're just a little bit off of that. And so at some point, the performance will eclipse the internal combustion version of that car. Mm-hmm. The range will catch up, which is close to it. And the price point will be in the same neighborhood. And th- at that point, I don't know who's going I, with the gas. There's going to be a lot of focus on weight and aerodynamics, how to cut weight and improve aerodynamics, because the batteries and these electric motors, like it, there's there's so much like my F-150 Lightning is a thousand pounds heavier than its gas engine equivalent. Right. Um, and it's fast, but 
you know, what is that doing to, to tires and to the road? And, you know, so there's there's going to be a little bit of that, especially when you get into the performance vehicles like the Porsche Macans of the world. Is mm-hmm. How do you get that thing to handle, you know, with with Porsche DNA? How do you get it to really fly around a road course or something? Yeah. Um, but as far as just pure luxury and what's going on and, and range, uh, you know, Lucid is a very interesting EV car, a, a big sedan. Um, we started to see quite a few of them at the Velocity Invitational. We saw them in Monterey. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been on the track. They, they, the one we saw was that crazy um, Lucid Sapphire. It was like two hundred fifty grand. It was like the fastest one they make. It was at the Velocity Invitational. It was like all blacked out. It was like one of their mm-hmm. ride around cars. Right. Uh, they announced an SUV called Gravity, and it's really kind of cool looking, and it's a Good size, seven passenger, three row SUV, and now they've got the room to fit the big batteries, the big motors in it. So they said, expect everything that is the the Lucid plan, which is four hundred plus mile range, thousand horsepower, fast, roomy, comfortable. I mean, it'll weigh as much as the Hummer or something or my truck, but uh, but a nice, good size. You know, all-electric SUV. I think the Hummer is 10,000 pounds. Yeah, the Hummer is ridiculous. But, <laughs> but it can do the crab walk. It can do the crab walk. The, um, I, I guess the next question is, and I don't think we're going to settle it here, but at some point there's going to be a battery update tech, from a technological standpoint. So when I used to fly model airplanes, at the very beginning, talking about – 20 years ago, maybe 20 years plus, um, I had an electric ducted fan, crash it all the time. But um, the battery was a brick. It was, it, was yeah. a, it was a literally brick. It was equivalent of six C-cell batteries daisy-chained and then put in shrink wrap. And when you picked it up, yeah, uh, I mean, it's it, heavy. It's the heaviest thing on that plane, right? The plane it, weighs it, nothing. It felt like you were lifting a can of beans. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it was just it had some heft. And you're like, yeah, the plane's made of styrofoam. It doesn't weigh anything, but it's got to tote this battery. And then at some point they came up with the lithium ion or whatever they came up with. Yeah. But all of a sudden a miniature battery hit the scene. And now you can fly you know, if you're you're gonna go, you and your kid were gonna go out and get into the hobby. You would start with an electric plane now, and so it went from this weight and this yeah. half to to this. And as far as the automotive battery, you know, it's really hard to get around weight. You talk about tire wear, you talk about stopping distance, you talk about handling, and it's all in the batteries. So you're not going to really mess with the componentry of the car because that just sort of is what it mm-hmm. is. Panels and yeah, suspension brakes. Right. That is what it is. It's always been. When is that battery move? What is that next battery? Cause yeah, that to me the- is when the seize part for the electric car, potentially two steps in that process. One would be, how do we make our current battery technology more efficient so we can put smaller batteries in the cars? That would be the, uh, one step. Or get more range from the same size battery for the types of vehicles where the, you know, the performance is less of a factor. Uh, but then what is going to be the future of 
of battery technology beyond the lithium-ion batteries that we have now. And, and it's complicated. Uh, if you go back to our some of our SEMA coverage, I spoke with uh, Cam Douglas from Optima Batteries, and he was talking about the new lithium-ion uh, line of batteries that they have instead of the AGM batteries that they've they've typically done, which are good batteries but still heavy. You know, but you can mount them upside down. There's no liquid in them. You can mount them wherever. The lithium batteries, uh, he said, each battery needs to have needs to have built into it a brain. It has to have a little computer mm-hmm. because when you plug the battery up into your vehicle, and they haven't even done full size vehicles yet. They first launching with power sports, motorcycles, ATVs, things like. They're smaller batteries. Mm-hmm. They are lighter, but there's also temperature sensors. So just when you hook the positive and negative up to the battery, there's another wire. And a lot of modern new cars have this as well. There's a temperature sensor mm-hmm. on there, right? And it it regulates the battery uh, temperature and prevents failure or at least tries to make it safer. But that's what we have to do as we you know, come up with more things like that as battery technology advances. It was a very interesting conversation just to geek out about battery technology with that guy, a guy who makes batteries. <laughs> All right. Well, a slightly shorter version of the show based on Phil getting loose and <laughs> trekking through the neighborhood. Damn but you him. found him. I did, but it was the second pass. I went out, scoured the neighborhood, and then came back and thought maybe he came back to the house. But uh, Good thing he, he runs every time you call him. <laughs> he doesn't well, I don't call him. I yell treat. <laughs> there you go. You want to get Phil's attention, don't use his name. Yeah. Use the word treat. All right. I want to thank uh, Plugs Chris, David Geffen, uh, sorry, David Fortin, for uh, coming here, uh, zooming in with us. And again, a Los Angeles auto show that uh, you go to laautoshow.com for tickets. Tucson Rialto Theater, December 15th. You can find me there doing stand up. And then I'll head to the uh, Tempe Improv, December 16th and 17th, doing. Four shows there, and just go to amcroll.com for all the live shows. What do you got, man? I'm going to run over to the L.A. Auto Show soon, so I'm going to grab some photos, put it up on our social media. Let me know what you want to see. So, till next time, Adam Carolla for David Fortin and Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, saying keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. Do you own? Do you rent your home? Sure you do. And it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling your policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you have so much to do already around your home. Why not make it easy? Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see just how much you could save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. 
all month long on Pluto TV. Stream the biggest Tyler Perry movies free. Watch your favorites like Medea's Witness Protection and Medea's Big Happy Family. Join Tyler Perry as he goes on a couples retreat with Sharon Leal in Why Did I Get Married? Or Idris Elba and Gabrielle Union in the Tyler Perry directed film Daddy's Little Girls. Plus, Pluto TV has hundreds of channels with thousands more movies and TV shows available on live and on demand. Download the free Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming now. Pluto TV. Drop in, watch free.